distancing. Uh, I'm here with Brendan from Slow Fin. They have a gig uh, Friday, April 29th. Come through at 7.30 p.m. It's in New York City at the Delancey in the Lower East Side. Um, he has a, a really great edge and in uh, rock in his music. I'm gonna let him take this away, tell us about himself, tell, tell us about Slow Fin, and what, what he's been working on. Yeah, thanks, Kingdom. Yes, yeah, so Slow Fin's a project started uh, right around the, you know, COVID uh, first end of that first wave. And uh, so basically, yeah, there's a project called Playoffs previously. It was a pop rock uh, solo project I was doing, um, wanting to get these pop rock songs out. Kind of like Weezer sound, you know, and like we were doing that. And we had a practice space that we had rented out, and we were like getting ready for this first show. I think our first show was like March 21st, 2020, you know, like that was when it was supposed to be. And uh, yeah, so we all know what happened there. And I remember like the venue, the venue kept being like, hey guys, like we think we can still make the show happen in like just like a week, you know, and we're like, this is not going to happen. NBA uh, shut down. Right, yeah, like, yeah, two years later, we're like, we play our, our first show then. Uh, but, so anyway, yeah, so during COVID, um, you know, things got darker, as they did for everyone, right? Yeah. You know, so I, I started doing this more riff rock and, like, heavy rock, and um, with that, I, I went and recorded a whole album of just, like, concept album, and I really got into, like, I embraced the style, almost like the first time I embraced it as, like, a... I'm a character actor doing this style, and it's gonna have a theme, and it's gonna be. The, this is the first slow for now. This is the first slow for now. Wait, what's it called? Cabin Fever Two High Tides. I, you know, because I, I just like kind of focus on the song. It's great that it's called Cabin Fever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a great start to kind of the elements that led you to this in the first. Place. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's like yeah, Cabin Fever album, and you know, so like the it's based on like um, kind of an action movie. You could say like maybe a pirate action movie, but there's also like James Bond elements to it. But really, it's uh, and also I always want to do like a second move like a second and not have a first yeah. so it's cabin fever two high tides so like i always want to be like all right they'll do two maybe the next one will be three and then maybe like in, in 20 years <laughs> maybe the, the prequel will come out like you know star wars style um but yeah so i record those all a uh, whole album with this producer nick starantino um at westfall in long island and uh it just like it came out great and um, put it out and then put it out all as one album like that's another thing you know like there's a lot of singles and stuff which is cool yeah. you know it might be what I do next as a single but I always want to have an album you know like I put this yeah. album on I'm like maybe my grandkids will hear this you know and like be like oh this album you know that is you this created the first like like recording that you put out like kind of mass and everything or have you done other ones before like with other projects or done like EPs and stuff yeah. you know me me Joe and and Dan who you know but they're yeah. like um, these musicians that we that I play with. We're in a band that was called the New Orleans, and okay. uh, we put out EPs and singles. You know, uh, quite a few of them. Um, and yeah, this is this one. I, I probably did a little more promo for. Probably did a little more advertising for. Um, I think the way I recorded these was more like official, you'd say, with like a producer who like really like you know took time to like craft, help me craft the songs and uh, mix them. You know, really yeah, well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've definitely done it before, you know, at, at all different levels, whether it's like a demo that I've recorded on my own or like, you know, with the, sometimes you go on for just the day and like everything comes out that day. Yeah. Like they mix it that day. They do all the, so like, it's just different than when you get someone who really goes dives into the songs, but yeah. That's dope. So, you know, let's dive into Cabin Fever Part 2 and, and it sounds like new singles and Cabin, uh, Cabin Fever Part 3 eventually. I know we'll, we'll be back for that for sure. But um, before we go on, uh, you know, I like to do a toast. Uh, I, you know, I have, it's my shtick. 
Um, so I'm gonna do a toast to the to the lords and ladies of music. Please guide us while we drink and uh, keep us safe uh, and, and you know prosperous in our music journey. Um, who would you like to toast today, Brendan? I'm gonna toast to Kurt Cobain, a guitar hero of mine. Yeah. Kurt Cobain. How, how long has he been a guitar hero? Ever since Nevermind or Back to Bleacher? Um, you know, it's probably subconscious from when I was that age, where I was like listening to this like heavy shit, but then like. Uh, yeah, nowadays it's like I just respect the way you play guitar so much, you know, especially because, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. Because it's in Batman now. <laughs> right, oh, yeah. I haven't seen Batman, but I heard. Okay, no, yeah. I'm sorry. Just something in the way, right? Yeah, yeah something in the way. Uh, I'm going to toast to uh, a friend of mine. I'm going to toast to Dan Barracuda. I mean, he, he's, he's living it up right now, you know. He has a, he's on, what, Peaceful Guitar playlist on Spotify. Yeah, yeah. He has, like, a, I mean, he does a lot of things, but I, I really like his, you know, his... Uh, I don't want to say lighter work, because, but the, the peaceful guitar stuff that he does, the Spanish-style guitar playing that he does, as well as some of the more rock stuff that he does. So uh, that's who I'm going to toast. Yeah, he's yeah. a master, yeah. All right, cheers. Cheers. Uh, is the majority of the gig that you're playing um, on Friday the 29th of April, is that majority just Cabin Fever Part 2, or do you guys have a few songs that you're playing from the... Is it... Are you coming out with a single next, or is it like a single for Cabin Fever Part 3? I think... Well, that's to be determined, you know, like, okay. um, when I was, when I did Cabin Fever 2, I was so inspired by, like, a certain sound, mm -hmm. and I remember I wrote the first song, which is Bad Guys on Motorcycles, which ended up being, like, this is the sound, and I, I have other songs, like, I've made out 15 songs that were all that sound, yeah. and I cut it down to those eight, you know, that were, yeah. like, made in the album, but that was, Whoa, like... Oh, you went from 15 and cut it down to eight? Yeah. Okay, tell us, tell me about that, like, because I, I'm a, I really do believe in, you go... You go big with all the shit you write. Hopefully not all the shit you record, because I know it takes a lot more time for recording. Right. But do you, is that generally what you do? You go big, and you, you have a lot of material, and then you edit, and you like kind of cut it down to the, the core ones? Is that how you approach it a lot? I think so. You know, because like, I don't know if it's like this for you, but when whenever I write a song that day, I'm like, oh, this song's the shit, you know? <laughs> it's like, this is the next single, you know? <laughs> and then and then maybe like a couple of days or weeks go by, and you're like, oh, you know, it's kind of missing a chorus, really, or, like, you know, it's, or it sounds very similar to this song, like, so much similar that, like, if I'm going to put money and resources into recording, like, you only really need one of those songs, yeah. you know? Um, so, that's my experience with it, is, like, usually right away, I'm like, this song's awesome, and then the ones that stick around, and I'm still like, I gotta record that song, are the ones that make the album, and by that time, usually there's, like, yeah, there's extra songs. Like, my, my logic, I've run out of space. I had to, like, go on external hard drives to get, like, because I have so many demos, and, Wait, you know. Wait, do you, I mean, I, I feel like, uh, how, how, do you, how's that process for you? Do you focus, you focus on that many songs? Because I feel like my process is, I focus on, like, right now, at least, I only focus on two, maybe three songs. If I focus... And again, you're doing it more of an album process, so right. I kind of understand that. But for me, it's like even with a single process, like if I go past three songs, it's like it's too much. Like I, I right. you know, I, I'm fucking up my scheduling or whatever to like get it done. Yeah, that that that's how many like songs you just have ready to go. Yeah, when I went to uh, do these new, I just recorded two singles that are still like being mixed and everything. Actually, I still do a couple of pieces to them with the studio, but I showed Nick like maybe five songs like the day off I'm like and, you know I probably should have sent it to him before but I was like I kept you know being that scientist behind the scenes like mixing things up and well when, when you came you showed him the five songs is that like because did you not send it to him because like they were that fresh or some were that fresh damn and yeah some I was just like until the day of I'm like I don't know which one to do and I wanted to get his ears for it and like I wanted to see him react to it 
because like over email, he, you know, you know, you might think about it. And I just wanted to see like what one is he like kind of excited about, yeah, you know, yeah. and you can only really get that from seeing it in person. Um, and he's like, he's cool to like take that time in the studio to like, you yeah. know, he's that kind of producer. That likes that, like that's that. nice. That's because like, I mean, I, I'm, I, I, you know, we've played a little bit, but I'm sure you get a sense of, um, at least Daniel talks pro- talked about it, but I'm very much like I have an agenda and like let's get this done most of the time. Funny enough, like you came to record the show, I was like, uh, I have people here right now. Um, I know we're here for business, so like the first thing I asked is like, are you okay with chilling a little bit, or what's your schedule? Because like I don't want to disrespect anyone's schedule because I think you know time is just that finite asset. But back to like. I'm very much like I'm here to get things done and uh, I'm trying to learn to be more flexible like you know how you are with your producer uh, in terms of like you know what sometimes you just kind of have to let time just run and there's so much value in that sometimes that I, I'm trying to learn to appreciate again like like I feel like you do that so much as a kid you just kind of like let it yeah I'm a big fan of looseness in yeah. in my music which is like Kirk Cobain you know we're talking about him yeah. he's the way he plays, it can be like almost sloppy, and like the way Nirvana played. Yeah. But then it wasn't because they were so experienced and like they really meant it. Yeah. And so, yeah, with with the songs or with recording, I think because I live my personal life very tight, you know, like at work and stuff. It's like I'm um, kind of that I am like very like on time and stuff. That when it comes to music, I like to have that be like the the different aspect where I can be like loose and mess up and like I like to just like play guitar where I'm just like you know shredding but not like yeah. doing like intricate stuff but more just like hitting one note and hitting it like bending the string and like yeah. making it like you know kind of like sloppy like that way but yeah you really play from like your heart like you know um, just jamming with you and, and slow fin a couple times like I really see like you just kind of you play from your heart and you don't overthink it and um, I don't ever think of it is coming off as sloppy. Like I, I really, I do engage with like the way that you play. Yeah. Because I think you know, uh, in guitar, there's so many people that are like technical and shredders, and like they have to you know hit a million notes like within every like beat of a song. And um, you know, I, there's people that do you know mix it up well, but like I appreciate it when people kind of like don't fall into that trap because I think you just you you try to serve the song ultimately. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're both artists and like you in, in art you're trying to impress the audience in a way. Yeah. And when you can't do something too technical, then the other way to impress them is to like do what you can do but do it with heart and do it with yeah. the soul, you know, and that's it's almost like if you know your box and you play within your box, you can have a lot of fun in that box. Yeah. If you try to overreach your box, then you're like you're like on the edge of always like maybe messing up or maybe like you know trying to do a couple extra notes that you just like maybe can hit, but like yeah. you know it's uh, it's almost like an Olympic sport where like you know they're trying to do like a 1080, you know, but or you could do like a 360 with style, you yeah. know, and make it look really cool in like music. It's kind of like that way, you know. There's is there is there something that I feel like I'm. Maybe I'm wrong, but like I feel like there is, there are still certain things that you tend towards. Like when we played like Howl like the other day in the past few times, do you tend to like do specific things still within like the solo? Because I always try to approach, even when I do improv, like I try to kind of find like a, a voice, or I'm trying to do a better job of finding a voice or a metal- melody. I feel like 
at least from what I've heard, I feel like you still you do try to find a voice or a melody within it, but then you do kind of say this is like the, the the statement that I want people to be familiar with, and then this is the statement that I'm just feeling right now. Do you is that how you approach it? Yeah, I think so. You know, when we were in the New Orleans, we had some songs that. Um, I never really like, wrote down what the, the notes were, but like I'd always just play the same notes in the solos and stuff. And I think that's really cool about music is like I can memorize those notes in a sense, but really it's just like the feel of like, oh, I know that one feels good because I remember that last time I played it, it felt good to do that. And so let me just keep doing that. And yeah, I, I think that's fun to like to play those kind of memorized parts or whatever because like, yeah, it just, whatever works. But my attachment to it is like I, I don't know if I could like write it down or something yeah. too if I had to you know yeah I mean I remember I have like Guitar Pro like that like software program for like tabbing I remember like writing out solo, so many solos like growing up and then like now I, I do take like the time to try to write out specific pieces that, and I hear and I really like but so much of it now for me is just like, uh, like I don't, I don't. Maybe I don't have the time for it, or I'll just, I'll figure it out when I get there. Like I already figure out so much of the structure of the song. It's like, almost like let, let this be my free moment in my day. Um, from, but, but do you feel like you? So do you feel like you're more like riff oriented in terms of like the the rhythm riffs and everything? Is that really what you kind of tend towards? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's when you're singing, it's obviously fun to like thrash and like I don't know if I can really riff while I'm singing too much. Yeah. Some some of them I can, um, if it's a simple riff. But yeah, I like both. You know. Yeah. I love to I, I love to play with a really good lead guitarist mm-hmm. who can just like hold it down. And even in then, I probably still want to play some leads. Yeah. Um, and I love to like just you know thrash on some chords yeah. and stuff. And rhythm guitar, I think, is a really like powerful instrument. You know, yeah. all of them yeah. are. All the yeah. like bass, drums, they all matter. Yeah. Uh, but rhythm guitar, you can really like drive a song. You know, I think John Lennon said that, where he's yeah. like, it's like I'm a rhythm guitarist, but like I, you know, it's I can really drive a song and really make it happen. And you see that in like yeah. the, their stuff. And yeah. What uh, what's like from from Cabin Fever two? What what's what was uh, what's like the riff that stands out for you or that you're most happy with? Well, the Bad Guys and Motorcycle riff kind of defined a lot of the other riffs that happened later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So just... and everything because um it's like very to the point like you're not you're not you're not fucking around like you you create a space where i can connect with it like really quickly yeah like it's not you know i don't have to like sort out what's going on as much i i think it's really cool like, i mean even like stuff like howl and invitation which i've played with you in slow fin like it's just like I connect with it, it especially in an in invitation because it's very, you know, I don't know if it was like the you had a Nirvana influence then, but it's very just going after it, um, just 
really directly, but I, I, I like that riff a lot too. And that's uh, motorcycle. What's the song again? Uh, bad guys on motorcycles. Bad guys on motorcycles. What inspired? Why, why? Why bad guys on motorcycles? Why? What's motorcycle riders? I ride a motorcycle. Why? Why we? Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it was a. Um, I think it was called Showstopper at first. Yeah. Which was uh, probably named after the uh, British Bake Off, you know, because they have like the Showstopper oh, okay. job. I think I was watching that at the time, and. Uh, I've always wanted to have a song named Bad Guys on Motorcycles, and the theme of the album started being like this action movie soundtrack kind of theme. Yeah. So, yeah, I just thought it was like the right song to um, to put that title on. So, Bad Guys on Motorcycles is like in every action movie, there's always bad guys on motorcycles chasing yeah. chasing the hero. Chasing the. And hero. it's just such a funny trope to be like, oh, here they come, here's the gang of guys on motorcycles, <laughs> like with their Uzis or whatever. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, uh, your work on rhythm guitar and how you kind of construct things in your, in your music um, is like really accessible and I, I like that about it like I, I feel like I feel like you you think about it just kind of being able to connect with people pretty easily I feel like I overthink like I, I feel like in that same way where like you just try to kind of connect your heart to your instrument like I feel like I try to go through my brain too much. Like I go heart, maybe maybe heart brain, maybe just brain to instrument. But like that direct connection of just the feel of it, like it just comes through every time, and it, and it just it jams, it just rocks. That's yeah. All. It's like you're just I'm just, I, it just hits you pure and simple. Right. You know? Yeah. I don't know if this is your relationship to music, but definitely the way I've always thought about it is like it inspired me so much when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Just like hearing cool riffs and stuff. Yeah. And so. If I could be any piece of that tree or whatever you want to call it that branches it off to the next, you know, generation of people who play music, that would be like the coolest thing. And so accessibility is like huge for me, which yeah. is, you know, I think I just and also, you know, talent wise, I can I can just do simple riffs, you know, so like I just keep it simple. Yeah. But in my mind I'm like, yeah, it's also, you know, rock and roll riffs are cool, you know, and like yeah. Artie Monkeys like do I want to know was also like a big inspiration for this album where I'm, the first conversation I had with the producer was I want to make like AM by Arctic Monkeys that album but if like an indie band like if a you know small indie band made yeah. it because they had a huge budget you know obviously yeah, to make yeah, that yeah. Um, but it's like very riff you know Are You Mine and those yeah. songs are like just riffs and it's cool riffs you know it's fun to play them I and you don't have to be good at guitar to play them you know which is kind of yeah. cool you know it's like yeah so do you play all the instruments on like the the tracks in Cabin Fever One, I mean Cabin Fever Two, and then yeah. coming in Cabin Cabin Fever Three, or yeah, I played um, I I played all the instruments except for bass because the producer really played the bass. Which my plan was to play all of them. We did drums the first day, which is a Saturday. Yeah, I did all the drum tracks in one day, um, so it was like ten hours of drumming, <laughs> and it was like the end. Of, I we didn't think it was going to do that, but like the in, in invitation was one of the last songs we did. It was really? maybe the second to last, and it's like. I'm very proud of the drums I did on that. Yeah, like I, I wouldn't yeah. think that was the last one you did. I would have thought it was like right. if you're if you're doing ten hours, I thought it would have been in the first hour. To be honest, right? We kind of like went in order and like you know, I mean, w there was no rhyme or reason to what we were doing, and then we just got to the end. Like oh, we still have to do an invitation, and then I think True Believers might have been the last. Yeah, and both those songs I think have like really cool drums you finally were warmed up i was like i was past warmed up and i was like like deliriously loose you know and like i thought i would be sore yeah and i wasn't you know i, I didn't really have calluses but it's like that in the zone like flow state you know just kind of happens um but the next day was space day yeah and then i was sore <laughs> so i did like two songs and i'm like uh he 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 hopped on one after like two and he's like oh let me just give it a try and he was so good at bass i'm like 
uh, hey man, uh, you think you want to do Take bass? Take Yeah, you, you, you kind of want to do bass for these songs? And he, he had some cool flavor to him too, yeah. you know, which is which is great. And then uh, he probably played some keys and stuff. We both played a little bit of keys on the record. Um, and the rest is, is just me and guitars and me and vocals and backing vocals and all that, yeah. So with that like a kind of approach, like working with the producer, like what, what drew you to doing that instead of, I mean, like I know I'm kind of the type where um, my music budget is like normally like zero. Like yeah. music, you know, my music budget goes to guitars. <laughs> fuck, fuck the actual recording, which is stupid. But um, how, how how did you kind of like come up with that approach? Because I I think I really respect it in terms of like you know I want to make sure I'm getting live drums and and all the instruments live and and taking the time to record it. Was it just that's just how you kind of see it and like the feel of it. Yeah. Like how do, how do you like end up sitting there and be like, no, I'm actually do a budget for this and respect it in a different way. Right. I think since I've done it, my philosophy like has been like, even if I didn't have money, I would find a way to do one song a year that like is done kind of well. Cause yeah. like they just have to do a different level to it. The story is it, you know, I was at a job, got laid off and then I was applying to jobs, you know, yeah. And I got into this job that paid a lot more, you yeah. know? And when I got that job, I told myself, like, if I get this job, I'm going to make a full-length album. Like, I'm going to use the extra money. And so it's this thing we go through as artists, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to pay rent, right, yeah. in New York or wherever you live, you know? Yeah. Definitely in New York. <laughs> right, definitely in New York, right? And usually you're working a job where people have told me where I'm stressed out, like, oh, I'm to a coffee shop or something. I'm like, I still think those jobs are stressful. Yeah, yeah. And for most, you know, when you're working a job and you're just making enough to pay the rent, which is like the squeeze that's going on, you know, all, you know, it's just like the times we live in, but like we, a lot of people just make enough to just, it sucks, you know, cause yeah, then you yeah. don't have the budget to do like, you, you think you like, you want to support your art, but you don't have like, you, you don't have the extra days or time off or like money to do it. Fortunately with this job, I had that extra money to do this album. And so instead of like saving it or like getting a nicer apartment or anything, I'm like, I'll live with the roaches and like, <laughs> I'll make an album, you know? Yeah. 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 No, I feel and like, that's like the, the toughest, that's like one of the toughest parts of like, you're trying to figure out kind of how does this fit in? The time off is like a big thing to me about it. It's like, when you're just like working full time and you know, uh, you know, you have to, you know, kind of keep up with all your projects or whatever you're doing at work, and then you kind of finish. Like it's weird. Sometimes it's weird. Like when you talk to someone else, that is just like, yeah. And then like after I finish, I just go to, you know, I go out to dinner. Maybe I go to a bar. One thing I lack in is like working out consistently. Like that people's schedules are like completely different from your own and you don't realize that everyone isn't like, you know, I finish work, I maybe I have dinner and then I go like try to write some shit. <laughs> yeah. Know? And you're like, wait, what what do you do with all this time? Like cuz like I'm always just struggling to make the time to actually do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's always funny. Yeah, it's like people say burning the candle on both ends. I feel there's like you know, eight ends to the candle. You know, it's like, well, I got to stay healthy and exercise and I got to do meditation for my mental health and I got to go get outside enough and yeah. then I got to work to make the money and then I got to also put time into my art. Yeah. And like, it's all necessary, you know? Yeah, and the, yeah. the priority is always art, but if you just try to do the music, then it's like, you get burnt out on it even, oh, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like I was, I, I think I was talking to you earlier, maybe it was like someone else, but I got like burnt out on, um, because of like my kind of priority of like I need to like plan things out like sometimes I burn myself out on like trying to just put shit on my calendar 
And like sometimes I'm like, no, I gotta like remove all the shit and always just focus on the next step. Because that's all I can do. That's the only thing that will bring me forward. It's not like the 40th step that I'm worried worried about now, which is like, I don't know, let's just say it's like promoting the, the album right. or like that specific like, you know, social media video that you need to do to help promote the album or the gig or whatever. No, all I can really do like is what I'm doing today, which is talking to you because like that connects me with more artists that, you know, gets people more interested in you, that gets people showing up to your gig and everything and, and being part of that sort of community is like it's sometimes it, you know I, I just overwhelm myself because like oh fuck I have to do like the fortieth step that doesn't even matter right now because I didn't do the the first thirty nine. You know? Right. Yeah. So um, yeah, man. It's, it's like a blessing, but also like a curse because like it's like it feels like something I'm always going to do and I always want to do, and there's like I kind of have to do it. Yeah. And then part of that is like. It's not that I just have to do it just to, like, oh, like, I just have to sit around and play, like, guitar for, like, you know, 15, 20 minutes every night. It's like, no, like, this has to be, in some way, it has to be something I'm, like, pursuing as the thing I get to do for the rest of my life yeah. professionally. Um, and that and I think that is, like, the extra level that we kind of put our, on our shoulders. It's like, this ha I'm trying to do this professionally. Right. We're trying to be Dan Barracuda. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's... That's it, you know? And lately I've been trying to focus on shorter term goals to make it to there. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I want to sell out Arlene's Grocery or, yeah. you know, Mercury Lounge or something. And it's, you know, it's not not there yet, but it's achievable. You know, like yeah, you think yeah. of it like, oh, yeah, I do, doing it. Why can't yeah, I do, I do a little, get a little bit more following, get some, you know, stuff out there. And then you get 50, you know, 100 people at a show, you yeah, know? Yeah. And that'd be fucking sick. You know, that'd be awesome. All I want to do is like, it doesn't really, like even um, Peace Candy Store, right? Yeah. All I want to do is play a well-filled well -filled room. I always, I read that in like my journal, like, at, whenever I have a journal, right, there's like the general like, day to day stuff, but in the back of my journal, like there's always like goals and, and priorities and, and purpose that I like yeah. right in the back of almost every journal I have. One of the ones I always say is like my goal with music is to play well filled rooms. And it doesn't matter if that's 10 people, like at Pete's Candy Store, if you have 10 people in there, you're feeling pretty good. Right. Um, but like, you know, somewhere like, I don't know, Madison Square Garden, 10 people, you're going to feel like garbage. Right, yeah. You know? Totally. So as long as I can, like, that's the goal I work towards, Jen. Yeah. And it, it will happen even just from these shows we're playing, you know? Because, yeah, like, yeah. I've, we definitely had some shows with the New Orleans where we weren't expecting it. We brought out people, yeah. but then just every other band brought out people and everyone was kind of there when, when we went on. Yeah. And it's like, oh, sick. Yeah, it's like full room, you know? It's like, cool, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Man, uh, it's, it's, but it's always, it's always like a challenge. You know? Other people have different priorities in their life. And, and the same way you're talking about, like, you have a set of 15 songs to record an album and you cut it down to eight. I always think, like, I need to invite like five times. So if it's like a twenty person, I need to invite a hundred people so that twenty people show up. For sure. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, and you gotta bug the people and be like, yeah. hey, you really come in, you know, and like remind them. Yeah. And uh, but you know what? I'll get you a drink. <laughs> right. I think when people come, they have a good time. You yeah. know, people yeah. like seeing music. You know, so like. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not even just saying that because I think we're good, but like, I think it's just people are reluctant to go out to things or whatever. But yeah. then they come out and then they realize like, oh, the other some other friends are here and it's yeah. like we're at this thing. And then what we do is we try to like make it a night too. You know, we go out after and we hang out after and like, you know, that's where like you know you kind of like feel like it's part of the scene and like there's like this thing it's cool to go to and stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I wanted I wanted to ask you so. Um, what are some of the things in like Cabin Fever 3 
uh, or or the new singles that you're playing. I think I heard one at a like when you were practicing with yeah. Daniel. Um, but what's like? What's your? You know, you said uh, bad guys on motorcycles, right? Right. Your favorite from Cabin Fever Two, Cabin Cabin Fever Three, or the new singles? What's what's one of the favorite riffs or something from that that you you? Uh, the two. I'll show you the two I just did because uh, they're very different. But like one is. Um, one is called Apocalypse Now. So like the last one was like action movie themed. I'm like, maybe this next one's like Apocalypse themed. Okay. And it's a very like kind of upbeat song. It's like Mad Max Fury Road, Apocalypse, <laughs> or like Fallout 3. I don't know. Right? Yeah, it's like, still very similar. Let's say, right. uh, I don't know, Or like uh, <laughs> the like movie with the, you know, Seth Rogen and those guys where they oh, like, yeah, had that uh, Apocalypse movie. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, <laughs> probably a mixture of that and like yeah. Mad Max, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but yeah, like, so this is a simple like power chords like... like very Weezer you know yeah. um, so that's that's the Apocalypse Now song which is you know Apocalypse based song um, and then the other one is So it's like heavy punching, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, so that's, I was talking to you before about like the mix that I'm trying with this album. The other one's very like kind of similar. This one, I'm like, all right, happy song, crazy, heavy song where yeah. it's like boom, you know. Well, the, what, how's the happy song? It's a happy song called Apocalypse Now. Exactly, what's yeah. The, what's the heavy song called? Like Daydreaming Down the Beach? <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, so I went into the studio. We, we tried to record vocals for it. We got the vocals down for Apocalypse Now. It felt really good. And But it was like an end of a long day recording. And um, that one, I didn't really have anything super solid written down. This is what the producer's great for. Yeah. It's, he'll be like, what does that lyric mean? And I'll be like, I don't know. And like, yeah, it should mean something. So like, it was kind of like nonsense lyrics, which I thought was like, oh, it's cool. It's abstract, you know? But like, yeah. he's right. Like, it should mean something. And... So I'm like back at the writing board now, and I'm almost making it like a anti-war song, you know, of like, um, I just started writing lyrics yeah, about like... Gathered in the masses? Exactly, that, like War Pigs, yeah. And, in your song? <laughs> no, no, no. It kind of similar to War Pigs, though, where I, I want to make a song about like uh, how, almost like the enablement of war, you know, when like, you know, like this whole globalization of like, you're supplying, like... It's great when you're defending a country that like is being invaded to supply them weapons, but this whole like idea of like there's just a lot of bombs and stuff being passed around to like because this this people are on our side and these people aren't, and it's just like it's weapons of destruction, you know, and like yeah. there's not really an initiative to like take back weapons or like disarm people. Um, it's like this whole like movement of like let's let's arm our friends or whatever, but I think it's just going to end in disaster, you know. Can, the, can you remember like a line from the song that you recently wrote that like really resonated with you? Or um, yeah, it was like uh, we'll give the guns if you do the shooting, kind of like line. Damn, I like yeah. that. That's some like fucking Cold War Afghanistan, right? U.S. conflict, Russian. Yeah, and then uh, and then after that, like no need to run if you're on our good side. So like you know, it's kind of just like we're. It's like you know, you know, America's the boss, and like. But that's also like really. That's like awesomely dark because it's like. Um, 
It's like, he's, what, no need to run if you're on the good side. If you're on our good side. If you're on our good side. Like, the, the nuances of, like, the subtext of, like, well, we will fuck you up if we ever think you're not. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, and that, I mean, we all know that feeling from being a, a kid, you know, of this, yeah. like, person just being like, do as I tell you, and, like, you know, and you just know as a human that that's not natural. It's like, yeah. well, you know, I'm, I, should be able to, I should be able to live my own life, you know? Yeah. And so when that, you know, that, that happens at that level of, like, war and stuff, it's, it's crazy, but, like, yeah. Do you, do you end up, like, writing a lot of political songs, or is it, like, just this happened to be the one that, like, lined uh, yeah, I think this happened in the one because you know you hear that riff and it's like what could go with that, you know. Yeah. Um, I try not to write. I try to write songs that are like somewhat cool or like it's uh, a very generic thing to say, but like yeah, I don't really write too many like you know songs about a girl, you know, yeah, type yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, I think it's fun to add that in sometimes, yeah. and I think definitely if you're doing a song that like is very poppy or like even like you know we've had songs in the past that have just been like hamming it up almost yeah it's fun to add that in yeah yeah but um i try to avoid cliche themes because um if anyone is listening to the lyrics it's cool to know that they're good and one of my favorite bands are monkeys their lyrics are like just to me like so amazing and uh so i like lyrics it's also just an interesting thing for me yeah. to like try to write good lyrics and try to write interesting lyrics um but I don't, I don't, I don't know if anyone actually knows the lyrics, so it's no, cool to talk about them. Yeah, I think people. I, I mean, I, I like to talk about lyrics. Like I always find the, the. I mean, like obviously, when you when you're first learning how to, especially sing and play, you're probably learning someone else's song. It's not always your own song that you're learning. Um, and there's a lot to gain from like reading the lyrics just to to learn kind of how did someone structure this? How are they telling a story? Um, I can't say specifically I was like sat down and was like very analytical about someone else's lyrics. Yeah. Uh, not recently, maybe in the past, but um, it's interesting that you say you you try to avoid cliches because I one thing I kind of talk about sometimes is I I don't try to write like a lot of relationship or love songs because um, I, it's just not something that always like. Um, it's not something I always like emote. If I come across a love song, I will write it. Like I mean, I have a song called "Young Love." This probably you know, "With You I Know" is like another song kind of about relationships and in love. But I, I don't go after it. Like, and even if I do go after it, like in "Young Love," I say, um, "And that young love uh, don't grow old." And the reason I say that is because like, yeah, I was working with the idea of like kind of. Um, Real love is kind of like young and playful and fun, and as soon as like it starts to get stale or old, like that's kind of the end of a relationship. And it's kind of like just talking about like in a way like if you're feeling that it's not, it doesn't feel young, it doesn't feel fun. It's, it's you're not really you're not really in love anymore. You're just kind of just stagnant, and yeah. you know you lost it at that point. Yeah, maybe go find it again, but like it's kind of like that play on play on that idea a little bit. It's cool because that feels like a reminder, um, a reminder, you know, yeah, to yeah. like the audience of something that they should be reminded of, you yeah, know. Yeah. So that feels cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think like so one of the cliches I'm thinking of is I have almost like a rule for myself where I don't use baby in like lyrics. Ish, that's a good. And, but I've broken that rule before on like a song I think on uh, one of our New Orleans songs. I need to know, uh, but it's just like because I could. It's such you could easily go there and be like. Ah, baby, this, baby, that, you know, and and it it has that kind of feel to it, and it's been, it's almost like, um, you know, it's like Chuck Berry songs and stuff, where like there's like just some rock and roll cliches that end up being yeah. in songs, you know, um, but 
it's all been done, you know? So like, no, no, cut me like a knife. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Or this like, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like this, like, there's just like a certain, like, I think it's the difference between when you just take that extra step to like, yeah. think about it a little bit more. It ends up being the difference between like something you've heard before yeah. when you're an audience member and something that's original, whether it's like a melody or a lyric, whatever it is, just taking that little extra, like you have a good song already, you know, and like yeah. a lot of people have that, you know, they have that good song, take that extra step to just like make it a little bit different, you know, yeah. for make the pro it's like progress, you know, like it's Arctic monkeys have done Arctic monkeys progress on it a little bit if you can, you yeah. know, I was just thinking about like the, a thing, uh, what's like the, the kind of most abstract song that you've written? I'm trying to think. I feel like I do, like, I, there's, like, historic, like, I will, if I sit in this room, like, I'll be like, red brick wall, uh, map to my soul, because there's, like, a map picture in this room, and then, like, one of the most recent songs I've written was called Breakout, and, like, we have this, uh, Matisse painting in, in my bedroom, and, uh, it's like the, uh, I think it's like a Japanese w woman looking into like a, a, a pond or a river. Yeah. And I just started saying like, there's a painting of a girl on a wall staring at the river. And that's the first line. And then I kind of just carry that out throughout the song talking about like, oh, um, it reminds me of this, you and like how you, uh, you meaning like another girl that the character in the song knows and that they like kind of went down this long cracked road, like, mm. you know, through whatever it is, like, all the troubles that this person had in life. But it all just started for me, like, I just saw a painting on the wall, and I literally just said the words that I just wrote down, because that's just the activity I was doing. Yeah. But it kind of came together in a song that I'm, I'm really happy about. Yeah. These, you know? Um, and then a bunch of different ones where I s stared outside, and there was just a temperature reading that said 28 degrees outside. Right. It's not enough to freeze. Yeah. <laughs> I just was fucking around with words. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I feel like a lot of the themes from my songs come from like internal analysis or something, you know, like looking at my um, mental state at the time or whatever, yeah. you know, we have a song called Bedrock that was on the New Orleans, it's one of my favorite songs by them, we should, I, I want to cover that one time yeah. with like the new band. How does, the, how, does, how does it go a little bit? that riff um what's like what's the what's how, how the lyrics start how did that go oh uh, yeah let me see i'm gonna put like a little more echo on this okay go. down under the bedrock you can't sit still it's like you never knew freedom I doubt you ever will So like Damn man like I mean I I'm happy that you changed up like the sound of it because like I was like thinking it was like way more aggressive but like I really like the intimacy in like the words. Yeah. It, well, it ends, so that song had a really cool ending, yeah. and maybe we, like, put it in, you know, post or whatever, but, like, it's, uh, it ends, like, the bass starts with, like, dun, 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 yeah. and then, like, we start going, like... I dig it, man. 
And so we all, like, that was such a fun thing to play live. And it was a false ending. Yeah. Which I loved doing. So, like, like everyone would be like, they'd be like, oh, great show, everyone. Like, great show, you know? And, like, we'd be like, oh, it's not done yet. It's not done like, yet. Uh, you well, you do that in the invitation also. You do a false ending, yep. right? Yeah. Well, why are you a fan of the false ending? I think it's just fun for a crowd, you know? Just um, to get them to feel like it's over, but it's not over yet? Exactly. It's like a, it's an exciting moment. It's like our version of doing an encore, because, yeah. like, you know, we're not going to do that's, an encore, you know? That's smart. That's smart. Because um, I'm always, I'm, like, a, a, like, shy of doing false endings, because I feel like, um, if, if a song is going to end, just let it fucking end. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. But, like, I, I just shy away from it, because I, I just, I, I, yeah, maybe I just don't I feel comfortable like playing with like someone's like ears or their expectations of a song ending. But with that, like when you when you play with it, like play, that's the fun of it. Like if you're playing like kind of this tug of war, this kind of like you know, I guess for lack of a better term, like this romance with the audience. It kind of is like oh that give and take, and don't start clapping yet, or you know we're gonna stop you from clapping, right? And we're not finished with this yet. Is kind of fun. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like you're playing, it's like a flight hard to joke on the audience, you yeah. know? And then they're in on it. Yeah. And because you're putting on a show for them. So you're like, hey, like, now have fun with us in this epic ending that we're about to play. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I feel like all that stuff is fun to do, you know? Yeah. For me, at least, yeah. So, how, you know, one, one, one of the last things I want to talk about is like kind of you're in the studio, you know, you're working with a producer, you're recording your music. Um, how do you kind of like start transitioning that to playing with a band? Because I think that's one thing that um, I I don't I wouldn't say I struggle with, but it's like something I think about. Like I re- a lot of times I record on my own, and then like trying kind of transitioning that to a band and like opening that, that up. Um, how does that like work for you? Do you is it like you have? I'm again I'm the person like I have tabs. I'm telling you everything ahead of time. Yeah. Um, even if you don't know it ahead of time, we have the roadmap here. Right. How do you kind of approach that? I kind of, I mean, I've been playing with the guys I've played with for a long time, Daniel and Joe. So they already know. They're like, oh, we heard that song five years ago. We heard right. it. Right. Well, maybe even not. On the brain you know? waves. But, like, I bring it to them, and I'm just like, I know what they're going to do with it. Yeah. And it's, I just expect it to be different live than it is recorded, you know? So do you, like, you appreciate that difference a lot? Yeah. Okay. And, because that's just, I mean, my personality type, it would be, it would be work for me to, like, to get people to do things exactly as yeah, I wanted yeah. them to do it, because um, I'm just I'm like so going to the studio for example. Um, the reason I need to work with producers because like on the first take for anything I'll be like or the first tone we get I'll be like sounds good you know <laughs> hey we just did a take let's go that take sounded good but, you know, okay we're gonna do more and so I need a producer to be like nah, that take sucked you know you missed yeah. the notes or something or like that tone is way too you know harsh or whatever yeah. so like the, the tone too harsh is one like as a guitarist like I feel like I'm always just like this tone fucking rocks and it's like no it doesn't I can't hear anything right no articulation yeah yeah it's hard you know it's hard to have that outside perspective you know um so i think that and so like i bring to the guys and we just like we just make it our own and we're gonna play it live and and then i just start focusing on the energy of the live show you know making it like how can we make a good exciting live show with what we have it's almost like acceptance of what you have you know like very zen kind of like all right we have these guys we're playing it how can we make these guys how can we make the best show possible with these guys and like you know yeah i mean i play with joe and daniel too in the diamond dogs and um essentially i think about like okay what what is i try I wish they smile more when they play because like I, sometimes they do and it's like okay they like that because I want them to I think when we're all expressing ourselves especially in, in a live setting to 
like what's making us like really happy and really vibe with what we're doing on a song, that's when like some of the best playing comes. Um, and there's like certain things in certain songs like where, you know, Daniel on the drums like does a specific, because he's always very specific, like he's consistent with how he plays a song, which is like sometimes weird to me, yeah. like playing with a drummer, but I like it because like I know when to like, you know, bop, bop my head a certain way because I know he's going to do that and, and like, you know, I'm thinking of four of the people right now, like in the pre-chorus he just does a certain fill and hits it like in a specific way, I'm like, I know to bop my head that way and it feels really cool but in those moments, like, I just like appreciate like them expressing themselves in the song because I try, I try to kind of, I give them a roadmap but I'm not going to say you have to follow this roadmap. I give it to you because I don't, if you have no clue what you want to do Right, I gave you a clue. Like, right. <laughs> we're we're here we're here to practice and and to work together like right now, um, and, and I don't want that time to be like wasted on like you, we have no idea where to go with it, you know? Right. Yeah, and that was it's kind of like that. I like wild nature of bands, you know. So like, yeah. you don't have to be wild. Like, be wild, you know. Like, yeah. and we you know we get those moments, um, and I think for these guys especially, it comes across in the way they play. Yeah. Where like you know they might be like stone faced or whatever, but they're like playing pretty wild at certain yeah. times, and it's like yeah, it's like that's where it's at. You know? Joe sometimes with like his fills in the middle of something that like just comes out of nowhere. Yeah. It's like thank you for doing that. Like I the on the recorded version or something like you know because I'll do guitar, I'll do the bass. I normally use like um like a software drummer. Um, but you need that like that bass perspective of they've been working on their instrument and just come with a fill out of nowhere that fits in perfectly with it and yeah. it just makes it makes me a lot of times if you see me like smiling while I'm playing like I'm genuinely smiling because like oh man we're fucking nailing this right now yeah unlike the two hits on Warpix that we can't line up <laughs> right yeah that's yeah. like that's also you bring the audience in on like oh they're happy about something yeah I've seen I've seen artists where it wasn't even my genre like I saw this band Joyce Manor which is like they're more like emo kind of yeah yeah uh, but the singer was so happy yeah to be playing that I was like that's uh it's fun to watch you know yeah yeah like and then I got into it yeah like, yeah yeah so they're having fun and like I wanted to have fun too you, with them when you see someone like they're having fun right you just it, you feel like you're part of that experience like a lot more like when when people just seem again like I understand sometimes like with like a genre of music or the the act of it like to be like so stone faced like I understand those moments but also give me a smile sometimes let yeah. me know that like you know this I'm having a good time yeah you know? Most yeah. of the time, I, I'm just here to listen and have a good time when I'm seeing like live music too. Anyways, right. So what makes music cool is like you. It's a good energy. It's a good yeah. vibe. Yeah. You know, yeah. no matter what it is, you can go see Black Sabbath and they're kind of having fun too. Yeah, you know? and yeah. they're in their yeah. way. You know, yeah. and it's like, yeah. And the yeah. audience is always, always think fun. about like there's a picture of Tony Iommi that kind of has a grin and like doing yeah. like the the rock horns. And I'm like, right. That's that's what I'm looking for. Like, yeah, you can be playing like doom metal, but like. At least let me know that you're having fun doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, the, the audience is having fun. It's it's good. Yeah. Yeah. He's having too much fun. Yeah, yeah. Huh? Having too much fun? All right. So, is there is there any other, like, uh, things you want to talk about? You know, your music, Slow Fin, any, any mantras you want to throw out there? Yeah. I think the mantra, I don't know, I've been thinking about a lot lately. It's just, like... I've been really inspired by seeing these like local bands really bring it, you know? Yeah. And so whatever you're doing or whatever you want to do, do it first and then really bring it like 
bring it as much as you can and like you know bring it fully and as an audience member for many of these things like only one time I'm on the stage and the rest of my life I'm on the I'm in the audience it's awesome to see so like I hope that's like yeah my mantra is like to to really bring it in whatever you're doing slow fin is gonna bring it Friday, April 29th at the, the, the Delancey in New York City, 7.30 p.m. Be there. Slowfin's going to bring it. You better bring it. So it's going to be a good time. All right. Thank you. It was good, uh, Brandon. Uh, and, and hope to talk to you again when you're talking about your releases and, and as your music goes on. I hope we, we do more of these. Hell yeah, this is great. Yeah, thank you. All right, thanks. Have a good one. You're not the best, 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 you're not the